0: The up, it is Lacey Night, and welcome to yet another episode of Urban Whispers the Lacey Night Chronicles. Happy one month anniversary, <laughs> people! Y'all have been with me for Woo-hoo. a little bit more than a month at this time. Um, super excited, glad to see that we're still growing. Don't cry for me, Argentina, it's true. That I've never left you Argentina, welcome to the podcast Y'all on this joint We fucks with you heavy over there With the tango And the um, <laughs> the hiking And the mountains And uh, flamenco dancing And beautiful men Like we, we fucks with y'all And I'm glad that you fucking with me too So
1: <laughs> Yeah, she just had to add the beautiful men part
0: Absolutely. So here at Urban Whispers, Lacey Night Chronicles, we celebrate Black, African-American, female authors and the works that they put into the realms of contemporary romance, urban street romance, multicultural interracial romance. We want to uplift these women because they warm my heart so much. And in a, as I speak about my heart, Being warmed. My favorite co-host is back. Hey.
1: It's me. It's me. Hey, y'all. It's Isha.
0: Welcome back, Isha. It's been like it's been so long. It's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been talking, 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 talking. So, catch me up. How are you feeling? This is the Lover's Month. We are in february very close to
1: valentine's day boo hiss
0: (laughs) you want some fuck your valentine's hoes fuck your valentine's fuck your valentine's we don't fuck with valentine's
1: (laughs) i'm just annoyed no i actually like valentine's day but i feel like you should be getting love all year round i mean it's a moot point for me because i am single not dating whatever Um, you
0: are dating don't lie to these people
1: uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't even have like a situationship or anything. Um, for real? You know, for real? Yeah. And, and you know, last year I had all these grand plans to do something for Valentine's Day, even if it ended up being a Galentine's Day and me just getting with some girlfriends. But Mr. Yeah, COVID, COVID said no. So
0: Yeah, COVID. I'm hoping this year?
1: year I did. I got COVID for Valentine's Day. Oh, that's It's a butthole.
0: Yeah. That's the pits. COVID. I had OG COVID. So <clears throat> I've been sitting out here just raw dog in the weather.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I, thus far, I have escaped it. Um, I had it January of 2022, then the beginning of February 2023. So l- let's that nothing is going to happen between now and Valentine's Day because I'm going somewhere Mm. I'm going to do something
0: Mm -hmm. we got you got
1: you even if it's just sitting there with my with some chocolate and some Mike's Hard Lemonade shoot
0: and you're going to put your feet up somewhere
1: binge watching my show yeah
0: what show are you watching
1: Oh gosh, you you know about my my BTS and my ex, ex, um obsession, so I am watching Warang uh, Warrior Poet Poet Warrior. I said that backwards. Poet Warrior. So what is I'm that? so, I'm so sl- It was out years ago, and of course, I'm always the last one to catch things. So. Like I hear about something, it's like, oh, this sounds cool, and I start watching. I get hooked, and
0: oh, Warring so. the poet warrior youth. It is a South Korean yes. show. Okay, yes. So, uh, what is it given? What's it about?
1: Uh, it it's well, it's pretty much what it um says. It's kind of a historical drama, but more of a, a fiction, like um. I'm trying to exactly how to explain it, but um, they were like this group of warriors that were chosen by the queen to protect her and her son, I guess. But I'm just on the first few episodes now because, you know, I get what I get done during breaks at work and then when I can't sleep at night. So it's been slow going.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, where do you watch it? Just on like what, Amazon?
1: No, it is on Viki. Viki Rakuten.
0: So is that a Korean <laughs> <laughs> streaming app?
1: I I think it does like K dramas and then like Japanese stuff and.
0: Okay, oh, okay, Viki Rakuten. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm not
0: so historical I'm not, pieces. I'm not I'm not the historical girly by any stretch of the imagination at all.
1: See, I used to be that is how I started off reading romances. Really? Was reading those historical romances by Joanna Lindsay uh, But then of course that was when I was like 11, 12 years old and but I've always had a thing for history cuz then um after that it was what is it? Mary Stewart that did the Merlin series with uh, Crystal Cave and all of that. I'm going way back. This was like in eighth grade.
0: We'll keep going. Well, this is but I, I've so always pretty. loved
1: the historical stuff. So if, if it's like historical fiction, that's how my history sticks with me. By reading it that way, because I I don't do well with nonfiction. It just doesn't. You know, oh. there has to be something that really grabs my attention and makes something stick out. Mm -hmm. And with historical fiction, that's how I remember things.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah, I'm not into period pieces unless it's a musical or an opera, and then I'm all tapped in. But reading historical literature, it just reminds me of being in school. And while I loved school, I don't want to feel like I'm being forced or I'm having a test on anything that I read, so I'm not into the period pieces. Um, a lot of people are though, and, and they and it transitions to like people loving the Outland, like the shows like Outlander, and
1: right like, and, and I'm yeah, fine. and see, I'm
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm more like the Renaissance uh, and medieval period, so I'm like way back there, and then I like some stuff around slavery, but I that kind of gets me triggered so i can't do but so much of that but the
0: antebellum okay yeah but, so if my stuff has to be period pieces it has to have like gratuitous violence like i'm a game of thrones person 300 no, I can't.
1: oh gosh no no no
0: action murder no, mystery, no. Man, i'm here for it i'm here
1: for well it. i see I can't like reading it yes because I started reading game game of thrones and I thought you know what this yeah, is gonna be really yeah, good yeah. But but when the show came out I'm like you know I can't do violence I can't do sex I can't do all that stuff like seeing it on the screen I can I can read it till the cows come home but I can't see it I'm like pretty much I watch Disney movies <laughs> yeah
0: you know, um, I got, so I have read A Song of Fire and Ice, like, I've read all of those, I, because it's fantasy is my preferred genre like you know i'm into the romance genre because for one it's lu- I, I get a little bit of coin from doing all this reading that i do by these beta readers but and also now i do enjoy the stories but i definitely was into a song of fire and ice and i remember when game of Ther- thrones came out i was absolutely not watching it because the shows never like my imagination is always better than the show mm-hmm. So, one summer, and there are, what is it, six seasons of Game of Thrones? I feel like... No, I wouldn't know. Hold on. I'm about to see.
1: Game of Thrones. I, I could never get into that show, and then I couldn't get into The Walking Dead either.
0: Oh, I, I absolutely. I I don't fuck with zombies, so um, <laughs> I'll never be no. I, no,
1: I, you know what? The silly thing about The Walking Dead is I could have done it, but I... This sounds crazy. I could not stand the sounds that the zombies made.
0: So I don't know. I couldn't take it. I haven't I kind of take watched it. a single episode of... Um, I couldn't... I wouldn't even be able to tell you.
1: When I watched the first few.
0: Eight seasons of Game of Thrones. There were eight seasons. So, I feel like... um so my friends actually paid me to watch it because apparently you know for a while everybody loves my commentary on things which i'm grateful to you guys for enjoying the commentary that I provide. And so they they like paid me to watch it and to talk about it on Facebook, and I feel like it was the fourth season of game of thrones was about to start it happened after the red wedding um everybody was like oh you need to watch it oh you need to watch it and so I started watching it because of course I got paid and I was just super sucked into it it was that was a really fantastic piece of television until the last season but everybody hated the last season I was a little bit ambivalent by it because the whole point of Game of Thrones aside from becoming the king or queen of the all seven kingdoms was you were preparing for this huge war against these zombies white walkers if you will and so um because they are like they've just come and come and coming for you and then they have the battle and for me the battle was like so amazing it was like i was so caught up into that battle episode that I was really saddened that other people were complaining about um, how dark it looked and it was hard for them to see and I was just like well maybe I have like an amazing fucking television because I saw everything and it was like a being in a movie like we had lights off had popcorn I was screaming at the TV, Arya Stark, the baddest bitch in the land like I was so enthralled with it and I will say the way it ended it it gave it gave me nothing like absolutely nothing but I also I don't think I was as, as attached as all of the other fans because I came into it so late in the game and I was just and I also was judging it from the book perspective and um knew that <clears throat> that George R.R. R. Martin hadn't finished the books, and so what happened in the end is basically, I'd read an article where apparently George R. R. Martin had told the two producers of Game of Thrones the way that Game of Thrones would end. He gave them the ending, but he hadn't finished the books, so they knew what was going to happen, but, um, it just didn't give me it didn't give me anything at all like i was i was a bit bummed but i often i also know that sometimes all the shows that you love 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 they always jump the shark at some season and i think at the end mm-hmm. of the seventh season i was like it's not going to be what it was before um they don't have the content to work with there is no book out for them to look at and deal with anything so they're really they were kind of just grasping at straws and it was very apparent. And it made me think of other TV shows that had horrible endings that <laughs> I didn't fuck with. Like House, did you ever watch House, the TV show about the doctor?
1: I, oh that? yeah, I did. I, You know, I loved watching that because it, it amazed me at the things these doctors would do because with everything they did, they did not need any other healthcare personnel in the hospital. Mm-mm. They were doing ultrasounds and X-rays and all this stuff, and it was stuff that no, you you have professionals that do these things, and then on top of that, some of the things he he'd be doing, like there was like no HIPAA because they'd be talking about stuff and they'd just be involving some of everybody, and it just wasn't. I mean, they'd be talking to other
0: doctors though, so I feel like it'd be fine. You don't think so?
1: No, because the, the the way they would do some stuff, it would be like mm. out in the open and not. But see, I love watching stuff like that because I like picking it apart. So,
0: yeah. But so, any,
1: I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're and saying. I did like you're... the
0: way um house ended. It was like him and Wilson were traveling on motorcycles. Like he faked his death apparently, and.
1: I Uh I, I don't even I don't even remember the end because I think by that point I had just getting so frustrated with it because a lot of times, you know, before something gets to the end, you can kind of see it's going downhill. And by that point, it's like either you're going to stick with it and be a loyal fan or you're going to say, you know what, I I don't want to see it go out like this.
0: Yeah. So I think he had cancer or something. He was going to die, but he just went on and faked his death. And I just was like, hated it so much. It just really, because that was an amazing TV show for me. And I was enthralled. Like, I'd be caught up in House. And I also didn't like how him and Cuddy didn't get together. And it was just, like, I think around, with that one, (laughs) around the fifth or sixth season, I was like, I don't give a fuck about House. But because I'm watching, I'm going to watch it. But I'm not, like, pressed for it. Um, the same thing that just happened with the Blacklist on NBC. Did you watch that?
1: I, you know what? I watched the first season of it, and it was just because I could. You know, when I think of James Spader, I always think of him in Pretty and Pink. <laughs> I, you know what? That, that's one of my favorite movies: Pretty and Pink and Sixteen and Candles. at Sixteen and Candles, Lord 16. Jesus, Sixteen. Candles to yes. this day, I am. I will say I'm over 40, but to this day, if my mom is watching TV and it's usually on TBS or TNT, she will call me and say, Isha Pretty and Pink is on, or 16 Candles is on. And I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. How many times have I seen these movies? I mean, 16 Candles, I can probably pretty much mm-hmm. tell you the movie verbatim and I've been watching that since I was in like what 8th grade but anywho yes went off on that tangent again Uh, you know what that and, and not trying to switch it to the subject but like talking about these things about things ending the way you don't expect them to or like going for the ride and then things all of a sudden like whoa wait a minute what just happened here this is not what I I'm like you got me reading these hood books and I'm like what in the world
0: hold on a second because i i i i I have things to say about the blacklist okay because that first of all and we are going to talk about our books because that's what we're here for but you know i got to get my rant off and i there's many things i don't want to run about but since we're talking don't
1: say but so much about the blacklist because eventually i'm going to get back to finishing it
0: ma'am there are so many seasons but in between the first season and the end of blacklist and by the time you get ready to watch it, you're not even gonna remember what the fuck I said. There are 10 seasons of the blacklist and 22 episodes at least in every single season, so you got plenty of time. I will tell you this, I used to be a school teacher and my physics, I used to teach science at a really small Christian school to sixth through twelfth grade and one of my physics students was like you would really enjoy The Blacklist. So I got put onto The Blacklist by my students. And, um, oh, wow. And they were right. I, ugh, it was the first six, first five seasons of The Blacklist was like so amazing. And then let me tell you something. There is something about a show, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying this because so much more happens, but there is something, and I, I think in my interview with DA Young, I mentioned it too, there's something to be said about a show and the writers and even a book and the, and the author, if they're able to, like if you're writing a series of books and I was talking to her about Divergent, the Divergent series, and in Blacklist, they were able to kill a main character, like for real, like this character was gone and the show didn't miss a beat. Like Black, I feel like the death of this specific character, and I'm not gonna, because you said you're gonna go back and watch it, but there's a death of a main character. Um, This character's death... It actually added to The Blacklist. It made it, it gave it some more legs. Um, I personally didn't like the character that they killed off. So I was like, wonderful. I'm glad that this person <laughs> is gone. It was the smartest thing you ever could have done. Usually, if you kill off a main character, that means the show's about to die. But The Blacklist had like four more seasons mm-hmm. in after they killed it off. And with Divergent, the <laughs> Divergent series, they keep... Excuse me they killed the heroine in the third book of course they killed her so that she could save the world but it was like wow y'all killed her and it didn't mess up the story like you were definitely sad when she died but it didn't really affect anything so
1: i think a lot of that has to do with how it's written yeah you know because if you're a really good writer you can kill off a main character and you can have it be like so dramatic, but then have other things surrounding it Mm -hmm. that it's almost a secondary thing that so much is going on that that character dying or that thing happening is like the least of what's going on. So you just move on with it and you're just so caught up in everything. You know, It's like that person was never even there because everything else is just so riveting and you're so drawn in by it.
0: Yep. But I'm thinking of other shows. Like I think The Wire. People were pissed off with how The Wire ended. I know everybody named Mama was mad at how The Sopranos ended. Were you a fan of The Sopranos?
1: No, I'm telling you, I since I had kids, I rarely watched anything. Um, At one point,
0: at this point, thirty years ago, right?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, right. Well, well, my kids are now twenty and twenty-two, so. Oh. You know, during that time, the highlight of my evenings was watching like Good Luck Charlie and Hannah Montana. So, you know, it, it, I wasn't Did you really
0: watch Cody? the, the Sweet
1: Life of. Did you watch the? Yes, yeah, Life? Sweet Life of Zach and
0: Cody. And... Yes, that was... oh my
1: gosh! Yeah. And then I remember when Ariana Grande was cat on Victoria.
0: Yes, but on Victoria. Anyway, yes, that, That's yes. like all the stuff
1: I watched because, like, the grown-up stuff. I wouldn't watch around the kids and like certain things they didn't watch. So it was just kind of like Disney movies. Now the thing that I did watch at one point religiously that nobody better interrupt that was when Heroes was out. When
0: what? Heroes. Uh, um, with a uh, um, Hayden Panettiere. Yes. I never watched that.
1: And my Aren't oh, you? I love that show. And then what ended up happening? It, um The way it ended was just crazy. It just, you know, all of a sudden you didn't see it because what happened, that was the year that there was a writer's strike. Mm-hmm. So they came up up with like this little spinoff type of thing in between to carry us over. But then when the next season came, it was like really off because of the writer's strike. Right. So the things that they had going on and it was like, okay, what's happening here? The next thing you know, it was just gone. I'm like, wait a minute! What happened to my show? Mm -hmm. You can't do that. And the same thing, like I, the only other thing I watch, and and still, you know, it's old, it's reruns, but it's Cold Case. I don't like the way that ended either, but um, I still go back and watch that at least once a year. I will start it. And I will go through all the seasons. Most of the time, I have a few episodes I skip, but then I usually watch my favorite episodes at least two or three times. I mean, to the point that I I have remembered specific names of episodes.
0: I didn't watch Cold Case, but I definitely watched um, CSI. I was a fan of the original CSI and was really excited when they rebooted it. Um, It's, I, was I used pretty to like excited that because they brought back Grissom and he was on but he's gone again so now they have um the lady on there and they also have what's the fool's name CSI. I like
1: CSI New York
0: did I watch CSI New York I don't think I watched CSI New York I watched Vegas I watched Miami I don't think I watched. Yeah, I, I really
1: like New York because that was the one with um Lieutenant Dan. Why can I not think of his name? (laughs)
0: Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump? Yes.
1: (laughs) That's the way I will always think of him.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. But anywho. Well, anyways. But yes, let me see. Hold on. Oh, so the third season is coming on of the new CSI Vegas. So they did not get canceled because... It ended kind of this. This second season ended kind of off to me, but, um, but like they brought back yeah. Hodges, they brought back Catherine Willows, they brought back uh
1: oh well wow.
0: yeah, so she's back on. Um, they really fleshed out the story between her and her daughter, which I thought was great, but um, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's, it's it's there's some plot plot twists and plot holes that I think they need to address like the head of the crime lab was um assaulted on the scene like she was hit upside the head and she was having migraines or something and and trauma from because she never carries a gun and so she was dealing with some trauma for that but they never really picked back up on that so I don't know if maybe they'll bring it back um in this season but yeah, CSI, Criminal Minds was one that I loved too. Yeah. Loved Criminal Minds, did not like how that ended, but that was because of p- personal conflicts out off stage, like Hot- Hotchner, the guy who played him, was apparently an asshole, and would be like violent when people yeah. said, and so they had to get rid of him, and ugh, it sucks because he was a great character on the show, and then they tried to, you know, Build it around Rossi, but it just didn't.
1: It, it wasn't the same. It, you know what show I really liked, and they canceled it. Was Stalker? I don't think i
0: remember. And it was.
1: I don't even know if it got around to the second season, but it was. So it was. It was LAPD, but they had this threat assessment unit that was basically dealing with stalkers, and their reason for canceling it. Was because stuff was too realistic, and um, they thought that the storylines were like perverse, and and it was it was hard to watch and all this. But I found it, I thought it was kind of intriguing because that's something that people don't talk much about. You know, it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, people go through these things and. You know, they don't get police help. They don't get people who believe them. And they mm-hmm. had to endure this stuff. And And this was actually a unit that was dealing with that. And you saw things from, like, kind of both sides, from the police side, from the victim side. And then at the same time, you were seeing the person who was doing the stalking. And it just, and I hate it when they canceled it because I was like, wow, this, this was really good. But I guess it was kind of dark and kind of. You know, and, and people want happy, so, but anywho.
0: Well, I'm gonna have to find it online and give it a whirl, see what's happening, see what's up with it, and I'll let y'all know if it's worth us <laughs> re because depending it, on when it came out, you know, sometimes things are just before their time. I feel I like think now it a was like show about stalking, what well, 2015, it 2015. yeah, it was like- oh, Okay, so, so, so
1: 2014 to 2015. Yeah, it was only
0: one season. They canceled it after one season.
1: Dylan McDermott was in it. I like him. Yes, he he was like the main character.
0: Oh, and Maggie Q. I like Maggie Q. Oh, these are some really good people. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Which i am not sure. I, I don't know. I guess it was just too much for the times. We probably weren't ready for it yet.
0: Probably. Um... Yeah, probably. There's also another show I can't remember the name of it. I only watched one season, and it was uh, it's giving me in my mind. I'm thinking West Wing, but that wasn't what it was. It was um, but it had that type of energy, like they worked in the White House and Scandal. No, <laughs> girl, uh-huh. I, of course I know Scandal. Yeah. That's another show that ended stupidly. And so did yeah. How Did I Get Away With Murder. Like, and so did uh, Revenge. Like, oh, my gosh. They're so, oh, it just, it got, it. has gotten to the point to where if a show has a series finale, I never watched a series finale. Like, going back to House, it took me, like, a year and a half. Like, House, the finale of House stayed on my DVR for a very long time before I watched it. Because I was just like, I don't want to see how this ends. And, it, and then when I watched it, I was like, this was so stupid so stupid such a waste of my fucking time i didn't (laughs) didn't need to see that at all but enough about these shows
1: (laughs) on with the books on with the books
0: yes on with the books on with the books so um i'm i'm soft launching as everyone can tell i'm soft launching isha into the world of urban romance but before we jump into the urban romance um uh, because the book that I had you all read, and I hope everybody read it um was savvy by Antoinette Chero, and she actually is quickly becoming because I've been reading I've been going down her a, a little wormhole of hers, and she is she's really a good writer like um i'm she i'm is. enjoying I'm enjoying her content a lot and she talks about real you know realistic stories and things of that nature but she I'm actually reading a book by her now so little this might be a little too much for you so um I won't get I literally just started it on the train today from work but um but before we talk about the urban I just want to cuz I've talked about her so often in episodes I don't think that I've actually delved into a book that she's written and so um I think I mentioned Keita Kendrick's series twisted um, not the twisted series was it twisted twisted is with erin i no the book I, Be- it's beautiful mind or beautiful something he- it- oh it was
1: uh i've read so much by her that everything tends to like running together because she is like one of my one click people so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like from i think the very first—I don't even remember what the first thing was she did, but I mean, I've been there. Pretty much everything she's done, I think I've read.
0: Yeah. So the book oh, that I, the, book, the book that I um it's a part of the chaos series. It's um and
1: oh, what was it like? Beautiful chaos yes, and beautiful and... chaos—the first
0: one, yes, the first one, beautiful chaos, where we talk about um. We're introduced to the Evans family, and Kane, aka Cannibal, um, and Desiree. Do you, even though you haven't read it, you read it a long time ago, this book came out in what, 2019, I feel? Like it came out five years ago. Um, But, oh, actually it came out in 2020. So this should still be fresh on your mind, because it's only four years ago. But... (laughs) But um, it is interracial romance. It has, it checks off a lot of things in my boxes for a book that I would just hop into and read. Um, It's a crime. There's darkness. It's contemporary. Um, There's somebody with the potential to have a little tiki-tiki-boom-boom in the brain. Um, Speaking of stalking, there's a little bit of stalking that happens in this book. But you don't find out about it until like towards the end.
1: <laughs> but you you know what? So I, I will say this. I think the reason you like her is because a lot of the IR writers, they aren't exactly urban, but they seem to have a lot of the same elements. The only mm-hmm. difference is they don't tend to you know, have the heroine and the hero who are both African-American.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think that that's me, the only...
0: Yeah, and I think, um, and people have been, you know, talking to me about the podcast and how they enjoy our banter, but they wouldn't necessarily read urban or they wouldn't necessarily read IR um, is either one or the other for them, which saddens me because I'll read it all, but I was talking to someone and I was just like, use your imagination and create the character to look like however you want them to look so that you can just read the story and enjoy it because the story and that is it for me i think you know i i've always said it and i'll and i and i i'll hold true to it regardless if it takes me down another weird path and i found out about a dark graphic romance again because i don't pay attention to the cover or the synopsis i just jump into reading a book And it's because I create these fantasies in my mind of how the people look, about how the landscape looks based on geographical references that are provided in the book and things of that nature. And even when I'm reading IR, I don't often think about the character being like a white man. It's usually just a man, you know, or it's not an Asian man. It's just like, a person and i'm just reading the story just in i'm just a part of the story too like i'm always a, a character i make myself a character in the story so i could just be i'll be the girl cleaning the uh, if they at the diner i'm the girl to sit there and set the food on the, on the table for you, I'm you a or something. but yeah so um That's,
1: but i think part of the thing is like with with ir they tend to always get to some point where they have to deal with the race issue. And I think with urban, at least from what I've seen so far, it's not so much of a race issue. It's more of like a it's class. Socio- issue.
0: yeah, It's a socioeconomic issue. Yeah. But with Keita Kendrick, that's not the case. Like, except for with her twisted series, just of course, because it's a motorcycle game, but in beautiful chaos, um, And that was something that I touched on the last time we got together or a couple weeks ago at least I was saying how um, racism is a part of everybody's life it's not something that we can ignore, or overshadow like for me it's like I enjoy those conversations outside of the podcast where you know just checking people making sure they check their privilege at the door they understand I'm always giving somebody a bell hooks reference like I do that in with beautiful chaos but I also don't I guess when I'm reading these stories I often I get leery when Because we both have said it we kind of like stories that are based in realism, or at least in the reality that we can fathom. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that some of the strong black women that are written about in these books would put themselves in situations to deal with white men that are or not even just white men, but men from outside of a black race that are that only think. The most negative about our stereotypes and they have to go out and teach now I, I get. From the perspective of the author, you know they're reaching out to an audience and explaining the black perspective this way and it's like a teachable moment like tiana levine is really good at making teachable moments in her books, which are. Probably mm-hmm. why they're so long and so from that perspective, it works, but. But she also doesn't put her characters in situations where the first thing you see them with is their blackness or their whiteness, you know. When, whenever the books are written, of course, because these are IR authors, you automatically assume that and it's IR black woman, another male, another race male. From these, from the perspective, so you already know the woman's black and the the suitor is going to be of a different race. But I I really like how that's in these worlds. It's like it's not a problem for them to 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 be just who they are and to equate it to a television show. And I'm sorry to go back to TV, but during the pandemic and after the George Floyd murder um i was so upset with this country so sad so just had all the feelings that you have as a black person when you you already feel like this country doesn't give a fuck about you and then you see this man murdered and you realize no they really don't care and it was like so many things have been happening at least in bought ba- in the dc area black people have been under attack there was a woman who was killed suspiciously on on a trip to jail like her neck was broken it was there's so many things in a woman another young lady who was in the midst of a she was having a, a psychological incident the police would jump into her house and they murder her in front of her child and she can not remember Instagram that live like so many of those things were happening and then there's like all the deaths in the transgender community happening to our black sisters black trans sisters trans brothers all of those things were happening and it was just like so upsetting to me and I also had COVID I had long COVID so I wasn't feeling well and so I was just like I wound up watching the show on Netflix I didn't even realize it was based on a book series it's called Sweet Magnolias Heather Headley is in it and it likened me to the IR books that I read because Sweet Magnolias it's a a microcosm or this world in a in a in a southern town. I'm not sure. I haven't read the book, so but wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Is is this the one where she like she's in this town and she, the guy that she grew up with, that they kind of had a thing but got away from each other?
0: Yeah. So, so oh, okay. Yeah. So um, but they're in a I, southern I, I, town. Look.
1: I started watching it but I couldn't remember the name of it, so I never got names.
0: Well, you should the the newest season isn't that great, but the first two seasons were. But um they're in this southern town. Heather Headley is friends with these other two white women. They have and then there's of course there's drama, like they had beef with the mayor's wife in the town and there's like all of these interpersonal conflicts that have nothing to do with the race of anybody there's adultery there's um fights that happen there's bickering between friends There, there but the the point was when i watched this show it was comforting to me to see that in this southern because they all have southern accents so i'm putting them they're probably in georgia or south carolina i don't i haven't read the books and i don't think they say exactly where they are on the series either but it was just comforting to watch a show where race didn't matter like they were focused on the person and the issues that they have with the person and it wasn't if that i was just like i in the midst of this country being so negative so dark so hateful you have donald trump doing all of his hateful shit and then i have I have this TV. Uh,
1: I'm like, please <laughs> don't start on orange Julius. I can't
0: Oh I I can't I, deal. I won't. But it was like for me that show represented how I look at IR. Like if I depending on and specifically Keita Kendrick, um and the Beautiful Chaos series, <sighs> these people are black and, and white and but that's not the point of the story you know what I mean It's just it just happens right. to be that um, the Evans family which has my girl Desiree in it she is it's a it's an arranged marriage story too so you know I, I think I said I love the arrangement mm-hmm. type of deal and so she is being married into this extremely wealthy family to solidify her family like there it's two syndicates joining together and so it's focused on that strengthening the groups and i was just like i love the fact that her family is very powerful their family is very powerful and they're coming together and race was not a factor the only reason race is i feel like race was a factor in the book is because keita kendrick is an ir author but within beautiful chaos so like i was saying so there's origin and there's Kane, those are the two brothers that are in the book. Um, Arjun is the head of this syndicate, a crime syndicate, but they also are weapons dealers. And Desiree um, is the daughter of um, this man who goes, <laughs> goes missing, um, but he, they're, they're a drug dealing family. And so um, to pay off a debt, to Arjun's family he offers up Desiree he's like you have to Desiree has to marry Arjun and then her cousin um has to marry Kane so Arjun is supposed to get married first but he gets called away and he he and his brother are like best friends he gets called away and he tells his brother you have to watch my fiance keep her safe because People are coming for her now because they know that she's about to be married into this powerful syndicate. So he goes away, Kane and Desiree link up, and then it is their love story. And they have to deal with the fact that they're betraying his brother. So Kane, they try to stay away from each other. They try to respect each other's space, but it doesn't work out. And <laughs> they wind up falling in love and And they are two tortured souls, if you will, that really fit together quite beautifully, like Cain is the guy like <laughs> do you remember it do you remember anything about it
1: i I remember bits and pieces now that you said, I remember the thing about her and and the cousin and the arranged marriages, yeah, because there was something that yeah
0: yeah I, it was nothing major that happened he got called away so apparently they work for this syndicate and when they get called to do jobs they just have to go it's like being in the military if you will he got so basically for people who are trying to visualize this it's like arjun got deployed and so he had to leave but before he left he told his brother Yo, keep an eye on this chick because i'm about to be gone and i first of all Um, she's my investment because her dad sold her to me and number two like she's to be my wife and Arjun for the and he's in the second book Quiet Chaos but Arjun is a gentleman a gentleman murderer if you will and so um, but so yeah so Kane they come together and um he's an executioner like that's he was groomed to be an executioner he it's this scary person. He's like super big, extremely attractive. He has these, this billowing hair. Like if he was blonde, he would give me the, he give me the vibes of the guy that played Eric on HBO's True Blood, like that type of energy. But he doesn't have blonde hair, but he has brown hair, but you're just this big, beautiful man. And he's just like, Desiree's like a little bit scared of him because he has the scar on his face and, but it doesn't make him look unattractive unlike Beast in Pepper Pace's
1: book. <laughs> but... Oh gosh. <laughs> he had a beautiful soul though.
0: Get out of town. <laughs> but they, their story is really cute. And so yes, they get together. Kane puts her up um to keep her safe. He has her in, in his castle in the middle of nowhere and they're like they're just chilling and so there's like this obsession that unknowingly he has he's been obsessed with her like for forever like he's been watching her which is why i was like there's a little bit of stalking involved but nobody figures that out until like towards the end of the book when he finally comes clean with it and it's like i've always known where you were because i would (laughs) be stalking you because i've been in love with you which is a little icky but by the time we figure it out you we've already fallen in love with the fact that they're in love with each other and they're trying to figure out how they want to break it to Arjun. Arjun finds out the next start fighting in the house and and then Arjun's like i don't care it was your favorite
1: part wasn't it
0: the fight no so for me my favorite part was no, the the fight that between brothers, no. Because the thing of it is Cain so Kane and Arjun are brothers, but they don't have the same mother. And Arjun and their father is like this extremely abusive, crazy man that would put put them up against each other and like make them fight and they both like i said kane kane was trained to be an executioner arjun was trained as well but kane they made him his father treated him like an animal and like treated him so bad so that's why it's like wait, his mindset is a little twisted so wait,
1: wait was was kane the one where it started off at the beginning of the book like him being a sniper or something looking like into um was that that
0: one yeah he killed somebody right at the, on the first page of the book yeah
1: mm-hmm. okay that that okay
0: yeah that's how it starts off with him murdering somebody gives you lets you know exactly what you're dealing with <laughs> right off top right off the top you learn you know right then and there that um it's about to be some some bullshit happening but yeah the very first he's he gets called He's in the midst of killing somebody and then his brother calls him because he has to let them know. Well, actually, it starts with Desiree, but we get introduced to Cain because he's murdering somebody. But, um, but yeah, so, but because of the way they grew up, Cain is like this sadistic animal killer. Like, people think that he just loves blood. He's called the cannibal. I don't think that people actually think that he eats people, but... The way that he massacres people it's like such gratuitous violence with him and things of that nature and he's totally misunderstood and then you have Desiree who's this. (laughs) Until the third because this is a part of series you don't really figure out a lot about Desiree but she's like this sweet sensitive very smart woman who helps her father out with the books within the drug game that they're a part of and um they just they come together and he's very sensitive to her and um even though he's obsessed with her he's he's there for her and then they create they create this beautiful chaos this romance and I think it was great, and then we jump into so and like I said, so the Oh, but for me you were asking what scene did I? the scene that solidified it for me like I said nothing really happened in the beginning, I don't think I think like people started trying to come for Desiree because her father's missing and. Um, they're trying to figure out who the bookkeeper is, which is this person that knows, like all the secrets and all the ins and outs of his. Um, his drug business because he's gone like nobody knows where he is.
1: Um, because they don't realize that she. Uh...
0: Oh, okay. Go ahead and spoil it, Miss Spoiler. Miss, I don't do no, spoilers. I, see, I wasn't gonna tell that part, <laughs> but it. But,
1: but well, I didn't tell it.
0: Yeah, sure, you just okay. Whatever, people no, that's listening. I, they, they didn't it, didn't hear me? If I, y'all heard Aisha, let me know if y'all heard her, but, (laughs) but the scene for me that I liked was when she was in the spa with her best friend, Petrina, her cousin Mecca, they were in the spa, they went to the spa and um, these men come to kill them and Cain appears like the cannibal that he is and he by himself shoots up the spa, kills the people. Um, gets Desiree, Mecca, and Katrina, put them in a car and he takes them to the woods to kind of keep them safe and it's like just this whole it's so much like the scene is written so vividly it's like the girls are on the, on the, they're on the ground Kane like is there he's like beating people up, shooting people, people are trying to shoot him and he's not getting shot for some reason, it was just like super action packed and that scene, specifically in the book, I loved, and it also like introduced another character who, because they're sitting there like hiding out because they're under attack right now. Um, There's just another character who sees, <laughs> and it's Kane and Arden's cousin, he realizes that Kane is in love with Desiree, and he's like, Well, your cousin your you and your brother are really about to have a problem. And so then he and his brother really do have a problem. And Arjun is so pissed off. He's like, I don't give a fuck if you are in love with her i'm still gonna marry this bitch and you gonna see me with her for the rest of your life and that's your penance to pay because you my fucking brother and you slept with this woman that was promised to me and you supposed to be my brother my homie my best friend and you did that kind of stupid ass shit with me this is what you gotta suffer with and kane being like i am my brother's keeper he was like okay fine i'm just gonna be sad for the rest of my life and then um but Arjun has a heart, so at the end of the book, he they're at the wedding. Like <laughs> he was, he was, he was hell bent. He was like, no, Desiree's walking down the aisle picture it people walking down the aisle of this wedding with hundreds of people because they're part of a crime syndicate so all the crime syndicate people are there she's wearing this beautiful gown with this gorgeous train her veil is covering her face and she's sobbing uncontrollably because Arden's like bitch you gon' fucking marry me I don't give a fuck if you fucking my brother or not you gonna marry me hoe and fulfill your <laughs> debt to your father he's like watching her walk down and she's crying and he don't give a fuck and then he happens to look at his his brother and he sees how sad and despondent Kane looks and he's like he stops the wedding he's like I can't marry her because there's somebody if I do I'll break the heart of the only person I love and it's his brother oh my god you guys oh <laughs> that was so sweet and touch- oh,
1: you're so sappy.
0: oh my god I was I was like <laughs> and clearly like you know they're gonna get together because I only read books with a happy ever after so 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 it's like oh they get together and so he I left. try
1: to but sometimes it doesn't work out that way
0: well don't ever tell me who those people are that write those books but but um I typically only cause it's romance it's fantasy why would I want you all not to be together in the end like okay, that
1: so but, but let, me let me finish, let me finish, though. Their gonna... happily ever after isn't our happily ever after.
0: Oh, uh, If they're happy together with the partner that they started off with, I fuck with it. I They don't have to have my happily ever after. They just need to be happy. But Arjun lets Kane and Desiree marry, and then he and Mecca get married, and that starts the second book, Quiet Chaos. And I will tell you, like, Beautiful Minds was, I mean, Beautiful Chaos was good, and I was like, oh, I fuck with Keita Kendrick, heavy with this book, but baby, Mecca and Argent are a match made in diabolical heaven, and I would encourage you to reread this book, they, first of all, they love the hell out of each other, even though they got married on some, because they were forced to be married, but (laughs) Their love is like whoa. And um <laughs> and so they get married and first of all, they're only married on paper for a good one third of the book. Like she's not trying to um Mecca's like most black women. I only fuck black men. This white man, even though it seemed like he got a big dick, I'm not fucking him. Like, I'm just gonna have my little pieces on the side and we gonna do whatever and arjun is kind of like i want to make it work because she's beautiful he's like i see this beautiful smart woman i want to be with her i think she's gorgeous but she ain't fucking with it and so um, at some point they kind of become friends and my favorite scene is arjun finally realizes that well he doesn't realize but mecca decides that she's starting to like him And so she's coming home because she's in the street. She's a gangster, and Mecca's a real gangster. Desiree was not a gang; she wasn't giving gangster. Desiree be out here killing people. They call her Quiet Chaos. People think she's an assassin because she just be killing everybody, and she does it in a suit. She's a bad bitch with heels on, and she just be doing her damn thing. And Arjun is a nigga. Well, he's not a nigga, but he's a man in a suit. (laughs) and so can you just imagine it's giving mr and mrs smith if you will because they both are killers and they both are gorgeous and they both are amazing and so my favorite scene in quiet chaos is when mecca finally realizes that she's starting to appreciate arjun more and so she comes home from a day of murder as one would and she's like I can't she's excited to see her husband so she comes in and uh they have security everywhere security's acting a little different with her they don't say anything to her because origin has ordered these motherfuckers not to even look at her like his wife's so beautiful and he knows that he gets jealous these niggas can't even fucking look don't even look her way when she walks in the door bow your head like <laughs> crazy motherfuckers crazy so security's being like even more weird or even weirder than usual and um she comes into the house and she walks and she walks by the den nothing's going on in the den so on the top floor of the master area of the house there is a living space if you will and she hears voices and she's like I know this motherfucker ain't got nobody in our personal space. She walks around the corner. Argent ass is getting a massage by this white bitch with some fake titties. And her ass is falling out of her dress. She's rubbing on him and giggling. And kiki, kiki, And they're not paying attention to the fact that Mecca's in the room watching. So finally, Mecca makes herself known. And Argent's like, hello, wife. You know, like, you don't want me so... I'm gonna get this bitch. And she, Mecca is like, oh, fuck no. She literally grabs that bitch by her hair and drags her down three flights of stairs. And like, <laughs> Arjun is trying to stop. He was like, no, this bitch, you don't fucking come to no married woman's house and be fucking with her, man, hoe. And like, that shit was funny because Arjun couldn't take it. He was just like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck?" And then she as she's dragging her down these stairs, she's like, "I'm gonna fuck you up next." And so he's like, "Stop, let her go." And she, this girl ripped off half the chick's hair. Like I said, her her booty was hanging out before, but dress pulled up. Security finally comes, like separates them a little bit. Then Arjun picks up Mecca, and like uh fireman carries her to their bedroom. They have an argument, and but. Yeah, them two, it's a good book, so good, Mm -hmm. so good. Keita Kendrick be writing her ass off, and I need y'all to, like, get into it and read them books, because I promise you, you will like them. The third book is very sad, because it's about their younger cousin, Well. I kind of just gave away something, but it's about their cousin, and he has a, a different story to tell. It's like a lot. Him and Katrina both have like the wildest fucking story. Like I don't even want to talk about the book too much because I would honestly give away a lot of it if I did delved into it deeper, but that one is called Hidden Chaos, and so so Tywin and Patrina, but the Valen family are some sexy motherfuckers Patrina, uh the the girls um <laughs> Desiree and Mecca brilliant beautiful minds and then Patrina is the bad bitch and so that's the chaos series y'all should get really really Y'all should fuck with it. Like, I fuck with her. I fuck with her pretty heavy. And y'all could read the twisted series too. But you can honestly read any of her books. But um, because I will say, going back to just the whole thing with IR and the teachable moments, even in the Twisted series, like the racism issue, it's pretty minuscule <laughs> in the amount of of insanity that happens between the two characters in their story. And it's like niggas die and be brought back to life. Like, it's just so much that <laughs> happens in the Keita Kendrick, her mind, you just be like, oh my God, how do you... What? How do you even think of this? Like, girl, what? Really? Like, none of this is believable, but it is believable at the same time. Like, you be like, I'm not a part of the the drug game, and I'm not a part of the um the syndicate life, and I'm not... So I don't know if these things actually happen. But then you go into a Target in Hill, Maryland, and you accidentally bump into somebody, and you see that they have a gun tucked underneath their shirt. And they don't even, you know, like, it's like, oh, well, maybe niggas do be out here. Wild, I don't like that. I just don't be known because I live a different type of life. (laughs) So, Miss Ma'am, are you going to read it, reread it, revisit it?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll reread it. I've I've got so many things on my plate as far as like books that I've got to reread and things that I've got to do in addition to, you know, the being in school full time this semester and working oh, full time. So,
0: bless your heart. Bless your heart. You know, my
1: reading my reading comes during my insomniac moments.
0: My reading comes when I'm on the train and I be ugh, so sad when I'm almost at my stop. i be like, No, I'm not gonna be able to read. But happens when I'm riding the train to and from work. So, like I was telling the people before, I'm soft watching urban street romance to Isha. And we already got her to read Campus Chronicles by Sion Lee and she liked that. So I took her a step further and introduced some ghetto shit to her but still kept it kind of nice. And now she's reading a three-part series by Antoinette Shirell, who is um, Love Net on Facebook as well as Instagram. And she's reading the series of The Art of Hood Love. And the first book in The Art of Hood Love is Savvy. So, and I reread it very quickly so that I can talk to you about it. So tell me, did, did did I knock it out of the park? Did I give you something wonderful, worth to worth worthwhile? So,
1: it, it was really, it was good. It drew me in from the beginning. It wasn't like a bunch of excitement in the beginning, but the way that the author wrote things, it was mm-hmm. it was very believable. I mean, the situations that were going on, it kind of felt like you were somebody in the room, you know, experiencing, witnessing these things. Yes, and it was, yeah, so. I was not expecting the two who got together to get together. I, I, I wasn't thinking that that was going to happen.
0: You didn't think um, you didn't think Savvy and Shabu were going to get together.
1: No, initially I thought that it was going to be Savvy and Titan. And huh. the reason I did oh, was because of
0: because the beginning
1: of the first introduction, she yeah. knew immediately. That there was something about relics she didn't like. That she did not want to be involved with.
0: Right. right.
1: But you know it was like Titan. She was you know she was kind of. I thought kind of considering. But she wasn't really considering anybody. Because all she was wanting to do was. Work her job and be able to get home.
0: And she had a so, boyfriend. Right. She already. She had a man. And she was faithful to. What did you think about her relationship with Eric. Her and Eric. That's her boyfriend. Not Shabu.
1: Right. I did not when it was first introduced. I thought, okay, something is going on here because the way it came across was like he was planning on them moving in together when I guess when she graduated or when she turned 18 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he had already gone to school a year ahead of her.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And his reaction to things, you know, when, when things eventually happen. It was like he just couldn't deal with them, that he felt like, you know, he had been holding her down for so long. When was going to be his chance? And I felt like that was kind of the wrong attitude to take. And I felt like it was ultimately the end of their relationship. But I did not feel like he was wholeheartedly into it. I think it was more out of a sense of obligation than love. Absolutely, yeah. because, Because they had been there with each other. Um, he had been supportive for her. He knew her situation, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He didn't want her to be in that. So I think part of it, initially, he did love her, but I don't think it was in the right way.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think that Eric loves Savvy like a hundred percent. But I also think that they're young. Like she was seventeen, about to turn eighteen, and he was a year older than her, and he was in college, and he's also a pro he's on the track to be drafted into the nba and she has a very horrible life like you know her mother committed suicide um when she was young and she was forced but to live after
1: having life. committed murder
0: yeah she mur- yeah she murdered her her uncle who assaulted her and her sister and then so that she wouldn't go to jail she committed suicide and so savvy was young when that happened. And then she was forced to live with her aunt who was really abusive to her and her cousin, they was a victim of assault as well from her aunt's husband. And so Eric had, they had been together the entire time. Savvy was in high school. So they'd been together for years at this point. And he always bailed her out of those situations. Like that's, that's a lot for anybody to take on, especially at a young age, like you're 16 to 19. And you have to sit here and yeah, I love you and we have these plans, but it's time for me to live my life. Like I've been the person that you call the drop of a dime and always dropped it because I do care for you and I love you. But no, I need to leave and live my life. And ultimately it led to the demise of their relationship and she winds up getting with shabu but i also was like i kind of respected it because i feel like when you're that young you shouldn't be tied down like that like he had every right to go and live his life and he i don't think that he was ever doing anything like disrespectful like he i don't think he cheated on her or anything i think that he just got very tired of her (laughs) destitute situation and
1: um I, I, i do think he cheated on her
0: I don't think he did. He didn't cheat on her.
1: I, I really felt like that he cheated on her with Layla because when the name came up, he kind of acted surprised. But then it was like, "Oh, she's just this girl that I went to school with. She's somebody I hung out with, you know, blah blah blah." But yet and still, she's you know at all his stuff. She's talking yeah, about yeah, she's a groupie.
0: Something. She's a groupie. Groupies do that. I I I don't, I don't think she. I don't think he he cheated on her. I don't. I don't get that. Um, and when you get into the next two books, you'll you'll find out. But I don't think that he was a cheater. I think that he wanted to break free and live his life without having this cloud of just doom that followed Savvy everywhere. As honestly, because her relationship <laughs> with Shabu, even though like I loved them down as a couple it's nothing but a trauma bond. Like the whole situation is about trauma bonding and that's how they connect and he has this savior complex and he's there for her and she goes through a lot of trauma. She, she she withholds a lot. Like he doesn't understand everything bad that's happened to her because she withholds something major.
1: But, um... yeah, but, but what I really liked about their relationship was despite him being like really hood, you know, he he told her, you know, what he was. He explained to her, you know, yeah. at some point, like, he, you know, when they were talking about, like, if their relationship would last, you know, it, he honestly didn't know. And because he, I don't think, wanted to, he didn't want to turn another good girl into a bad girl, yeah. you know, like, to the point that she had these aspirations and dreams and that if she was with him, that she wouldn't be able to have all of that.
0: Yeah, that was him putting his shit on her, because she never gave that she wouldn't do what she wanted to do without, um, just because she was in a relationship with him. But he was in the relationship with his roadie, and she was apparently a good girl that just wanted to all of a sudden become a ride or die. Like, she let the fame get to her. But, you know, you're talking about (laughs) Eric cheating on her. Shabu lied to her about his living situation for the longest. He didn't lie, he just didn't tell her. But, like he has something well, no, else he, going
1: on. He didn't really. He he told her um that he he told her lived. he
0: still he told no he didn't tell her he still lived with her. He told her that he still had something going on, and he's trying to figure out how to break away. But she was not aware that they were still like living together. That he was still taking care of her. Like she wasn't aware of any of that.
1: But, but the thing was, at that point, she really shouldn't have been, because it took a while for them to get into that relationship, because it initially, I think she had that attraction, but she knew she had a boyfriend, and she also knew, is this the kind of man I want to be with?
0: Yeah, and you know, so, and, and yeah, it took a while for them to to act on their attraction, but it was... Because she was in a relationship and she respected her boyfriend. However, when she broke up with Eric and she was kicking with him with Shabu for her birthday, he never, he had plenty of time. At that point, she made it clear. She was like, I want to be with you and we you need to figure this out because I'm not about to be your side chick. And he never wants, I mean, like, and. Well, <laughs> I think I, that I he's he. I feel like he's a great gentleman, but I also think that people give him a pass because he was a street nigga, and they expe- that's the type of thing you expect from him. But he did her dirty a little bit <laughs> in the beginning. Well, but,
1: but the thing was, it, it wasn't like, I hate to say it, but it wasn't like she didn't know because she had like, kind of been warned about some things. I think more about his brother than him. But then I'm going to tell you what, what messed me up was the situation that happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the person who caused it. That just totally threw me for a loop because Wait. I know the one person. Who
0: what who caused what? Like, just name the names. The oh, you know, situation. Um, but...
1: The thing that Maya set up to happen to her.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And, and, and then to find out too what Miss Jessica was doing. You know, she wasn't all on the up and up either, and you know, she always. Oh, so you're into the
0: you're you're talking about the third the second book now. You're you're in Shabu's book. Um, You can find out what Jessica does until the second book.
1: Oh, okay. I thought that was at the end of the first one.
0: No, the end of the first. No, 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 no. Jessica is the second. Yeah,
1: I'm not talking about Jessica. I'm talking about Maya and. But
0: Her Kiko, cousin. Kiko, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that was low.
0: Oh, absolutely, that was but, really
1: low. And this is the person that you claim is your best friend.
0: But for me, it was like that—that that whole situation that happened to me showed off Savvy's naivete because I would have known just off break that what happened. I wouldn't have known what happened because I was passed out, of course. But I would have known that it was kiko and maya's doing i would not have blamed shabu at all because she sat there and she she sat there and let people put it in her mind that he gave her lean but she never saw him make lean and she sat there and watched mm-hmm. him make a drink and so he never gave her that and um so she she you know she just let people kind of turn her mind around and um
1: yeah, was... but I think I think it was also because she'd never dealt with this type of situation before. I mean, with with her home situation, you know, I I understood that there was stuff that was going on, but then like beyond that, yeah. I don't think she really had any, any life skills, any life experience, or anything. So, you know, with these situations happening, unless her cousin told her, or unless a friend told her, there were a lot of things that she wasn't going to find out because.
0: But see, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because she smoked weed and she knew how to hang out and she knew how to dance. I feel like she was just a little bit too naive, but I don't, I feel like she knew, she knew, and she, en- she knew enough to know better. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, and, but she, Regardless, yes, you do trust your friends. You would never think that your friend would do anything like that. But
1: but your friend was sitting there
0: acting like I your friend played you. Like so Relic originally wanted Savvy. And so for you guys, Relic, Titan and Shabu are brothers. And this book is based in Florida, I think, and they're Haitian, Haitian American. Well, no, they're all Haitian because they lived in Haiti and then they came to mm-hmm. so they're all Haitian, but their brothers, brothers. Um, Relic is a drug dealer, like, a very important drug dealer. Shabu works for his brother. He calls himself a self-proclaimed shooter, and Titan is the baby of the family, and they keep him away from all of this. So he, Titan is the influencer. Like, he's a social media influencer, um, and he does really well for himself with that. But... Relic saw Savvy. No, Titan saw Savvy first at the restaurant. So she was a she was a waitress at a restaurant. Titan saw Savvy first and wanted to make a play for her. But then Relic tried. She was uncomfortable with Relic. Titan had a birthday party, and um, Michi, who is Savvy's cousin and Michi's friend Jessica, they're strippers. So they were invited to Titan's party to strip, and so um they go to the party. And uh, they see Savvy's friend, Kiko, who shouldn't have been at the party because um, nobody liked her. But she she sat there and slinked up on Relic, who likes Savvy, to try and just get his her hooks into him, which she did. But he was still checking for her. But they had a brother named Shabu who appears. And he is just this quiet... Misnomer, if you will, just a silent type, and he's quiet because he's just always assessing the situation because of the type of job that he has. He has to always be on his P's and Q's. So, Savvy, so he's at the party and he realizes that Savvy's not like all these other girls, trying to pop pills, do drugs, do lean, do all these things. And he's just he chops it up with her for the night and he like has this instant attraction to her. However, Shab- Shabu has he calls her a roadie. Um, and I guess that's some Florida slang because they don't they don't fully explain to me what that is. But she's not his girlfriend, but she lives with him, and he calls her her his roadie. So I guess like your road dog, your ride or die. Like he has this chick that he has kept at home, and so. Um, but he's attracted to Savvy, and um, he wants her, but he's trying to figure out how to get out of his relationship so that he can actively pursue her. So i was saying that he he does tell her he does in fact tell her that he tells her that he has this situation but he tells her because it's not unknown like everybody knows that he dates this girl like like it's not a secret and so um but he's like just hold on wait for me to get my shit together i'm gonna be all about you and then when it's time for him to be all about her he still doesn't tell her that He's still involved with this other girl. Not that I have like a problem with it per se, because I do like shabu, and I'm like, yeah, he told you that he was working through something, but he didn't finish <laughs> telling her about the something. Hello. You guys, I think Aisha went to sleep. Aisha. Well, <laughs> and it's not even that late, people. But that's how it is for these college students. So y'all just have me now. It's just me, 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 me. So um, Aisha did enjoy <laughs> Savvy. There are two other books in um, the Art of Hood Love series, which is... So savvy's is the first story, and then it ends on a cliffhanger. And then you have Shabu um which is the second story and then it follows up with the it's just called the art of Her love the finale so those three books are amazing by antoinette Sherrill. she seems to be an author and i'm pretty new to her but from the few books that i've read she seems to be an author that kind of really focuses on real life and um situations and stories that <laughs> stories that um could actually happen, and I think that's why I have such an affinity towards that particular series, because even though these kids are pretty young, like, I think Savvy, she's 17, but she turns 18, they have a birthday party for her. Shabu's like 24, and the other people are like 26, 28, so they're relatively young, but they, um the lives that they live are lives that young people would in fact live, and I think that that is a vibe I also want to and I will tell Aisha later (laughs) I also want to invite you guys to and I was going to tell Aisha about this because it's a paranormal it's a novella and it's a paranormal romance that um that Antoinette Sherelle wrote and the name of it is I had it pulled up but I hit a button on my phone that made it go away but it's a there's a two-part two-parter to it and the first one is the hall of dreams and so this is a paranormal romance and these are very quick reads both both books are like less than 150 pages but <laughs> paranormal I enjoy those too. Um, these are vampires. And so um, I, I really love the book, the series. It's very short. Um, the thing about novellas is you don't get as descriptive as you would like, but the story was really good. It's about sh- shifters. Um, like I said, the Hall of Dreams is the first book and then the novella Darker Dreams, which is black magic and blood ties. So. You should definitely check those two books out. They're fun reads by Antoinette Cheryl. And you all were supposed to be reading the Beautiful Chaos series. Not Yes, the Chaos series. Um, Go into Quiet Chaos by Keita Kendrick. And just vibe out with that. Um, I think that I want to, I guess, wrap this up since my co-host is asleep. But I definitely want to thank each and every one of you all for listening. Um, This is being really fun. I appreciate the time that you all are taking to reach out to me directly to provide feedback regarding the show. Um, I'm so grateful for that. I'm really grateful that you all are listening. I want to shout out my aunt. Well, she's my cousin's aunt on her dad's side, but I told her she was my aunt too. But I definitely want to shout out my aunt, Shauna Harris, who took a moment to kind of just like congratulate me on the podcast. Um, I mentioned to her that I had a show and she loves to read. And so I definitely want to read her comment to me, to you guys. And she's like, girl... You have another fan. I truly enjoyed your podcast. Truth be told, I'm listening to your last episode at the moment, but I couldn't wait to tell you how much I've been enjoying listening to your interviews and commentary. On top of that, you've renewed my commitment into delving more into interracial romance and. An interest in giving black romance another try. You know, I started reading romance as a preteen and I hated how black romance was portrayed, never thinking that the portrayal of black people in novels and authors themselves has evolved throughout the years. Anyways, you go girl. I wish you much success and can't wait to see how far you go with this podcast because I think you have a hit. On your hand now. I have to listen to these segments again to write these authors' names down and the books that are talked about. So thank you so much for that. You you hit the nail on the head with the comment. I think that um black stories are often not told correctly, and it's really nice to read these books and and hear the perspective from black women describing the scenarios. That's the ultimate goal for me. Is that I hopefully inspire you to like just pick up one book and just check it out just to see um what you think of the stories you can skip over if the sex is not your thing just skip over the sex it's five or six pages (laughs) of (laughs) fucking that happens quite often because these are romance novels but you just glaze over that and just focus on the stories the stories um that we've discussed so far on the show they these things are real situations that people encounter aside from you know the gangster stories that are fun to read. And of course this paranormal romance that I brought to you guys as a attention, but i have it's such a joy for me. It's a surprising joy, honestly, because like I said before, this wasn't a genre that I would just have picked up and read on my own, but I do really appreciate the women who have created little mini universes of people and the way they weave their stories and continue to bring in new characters and breathe life into content it's beautiful to see it's beautiful to read and I just want you all to appreciate it just as much as I do and Isha does as well when she's not asleep (laughs) so with that being said I'm going to say happy valentine's day i think this episode comes out a little bit before valentine's because yeah this so happy valentine's day to those of you who celebrate um if you're like me though fuck your valentine's that's how i really feel it's like fuck valentine's day what the fuck is valentine's we don't give a fuck about that (laughs) until we get a valentine and we all about it oh my god look at what i got but Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Mardi Gras to the people who celebrate. Fat Tuesday is upon us, people. I will be at the Orpheus Parade. I think parades are on Monday. Getting lit in the street. No, not on Lundi Gras. On Monday, before Mardi Gras, you just relax. But I am going back, back, back to Louisiana to bring in the Mardi Gras weekend so this is for you guys happy 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 Valentine's Day happy Mardi Gras let's kick off Lent and figure out what we're going to give up I am not giving up profanity I'm not giving up meat I'm not giving up romance maybe I'll become absent during the month of Lent Psych. <laughs> it's been a joy. And um, as always, like I said before, we're everywhere where podcasts can be found. I'm toying with the idea of putting visuals and putting us on YouTube. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out. But honestly, we are literally everywhere. You can download a podcast. So definitely continue to subscribe, continue to download. We are at about 300 downloads and we've only been doing this for six weeks at this point so i'm again super grateful super appreciative tell everybody um to just play it listen fuck with us give us a chance we talk about romance but i try to give y'all something else to listen to as well so that i can just wet your whistle and keep you listening with the little gadget. like i'm talking about television but then it's like i'm gonna move over to romance so once again, I appreciate you guys. Like, wait, comment, subscribe to the show everywhere. Send us some emails to let us know how you're feeling. Um, there are still two more book stuff for people who want to read the book Where Love Is um that I mentioned before I said that if people were interested I would buy this book the soft copy of the book for you so I have three people have reached out so I've given away three so I said I would buy five so there's two left so again hit me in the dm on Lacey night sorry urban whispers one on instagram come into there sliding my dms there that's where Lacey is the most active isha is the most active on facebook um, TikTok, we post a little bit here and there, but um, I'm most active on Instagram, so if you hit us up on Instagram, you will be talking to me. If you hit us up on Facebook, you're mostly talking to Isha and on Twitter as well. But slide to my DMs on Instagram or send me an email, and if you're interested in the book, and I definitely. We'll send the book your way. So we have to come up with a catchphrase. But as always, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Keep reading, keep listening, and keep being the best you. Peace. Have a good night.